Hello and welcome to the Wild Wonder Podcast. I am your host, Kristen Yorka, and today I have yoga teacher and community leader, Lorena. Welcome. Oh, thank you, Kristen. It's so good to be with you today. So, Lorena, um, you are not originally from the U.S., correct? I was born in Peru, born and raised in Peru. What part? Lima. Hmm. So the capital. When did you um, arrive here in the United States? In the early 2000s. I was very oh. young. <laughs> <laughs> so I think this is this is important. Normally, I don't go into a lot of practitioners' backgrounds, but I think it's important to go there with you um, because it is why you do what you do. So, what was your immigrant experience? Oof. Uh, it was painful, but at the same time, um, it brought me. It brought me to the place that, where I am right now. Uh, I came in a, in my early twenties, and like many people, um, searching for a better future, I came with a lot of uh, emotions and a lot of. Uh, ideas of what my life in the U.S. will be, um, but things didn't work that way at the beginning, and I was, I got into a very bad depression, hmm. and the emotional state was not very stable, and this is why I, um, I discovered the art of yoga and meditation. So when you came here, what was the um, what was the political or social climate in Peru that made the United States look better in comparison? Yeah, we were um, just uh, finalizing or getting into a better place after a very um, bad so social um, work, and it was not it was not stable. It was not, there was a little bit of, you know, you can see that it was future, the future will look, it was looking nice, but um, it was time also for me to search for something else. I, I knew that um, there more, there will be more opportunities and that in my, you know, that in Peru and, and it's sad to say it, but it, it was a real truth. Right. Well, how old were you then? When you decided to be Twenty-two. Yeah, that's about. So it's about the time where you start to decide where your future lies, right? What career potentials there could be, and in a place where there isn't. My only um, comparison to that would be around the same time we were going through here the recession. So you probably ended up here during that same time. So during that time, I was graduating grad school and the recession hit, I felt like it hit Miami's community, maybe not first, but it felt really heavy here so that the, my career outlook didn't seem to be that great. And so I moved to New York. I didn't do the extreme of like Peru to the United States, <laughs> but as a, as a, as a comparison, that's that time of your life where where you're really having to decide um, what you're going to do with your life and to be in a place that where you don't see opportunity, I could see that as, as really um, gut wrenching almost to, to grow up in one place and then see that maybe your future is, is not there. Would that be fair to say? Yeah. It, it, and it was honestly, it was an adventure for me. It was, you know, it, um, I feel like being part of the civil world, right? I'll be in a, um, in, it was, in, I needed that experience. I needed it that, that different, like, air. Mm. Um, and yeah, you know, in my early 20s, and I finished some of my higher education in Peru, and then this is when I decided to move here to the States. Um, I like a lot of people. I feel my intention was not overstayed. You know, my intention was here, come for a couple of years, and then you know go home because I came within a student visa. Right, it didn't happen. Right, 
right? Things didn't happen as planned, and you know, the the life and circumstances moved me to in many many different directions. Um, but I really believe that one of the main reasons I had to go through that is because years later, you know, mm-hmm. I, I have to talk about that. Right. I have, you know, I have to talk about it and I can be at service to people who are in the same situation nowadays. Right. So now as a voice to the Latin American community and as a voice specifically to female Latin American women and um, immigrants and refugees. Um, it's important to note um, your coming to yoga. How did that happen as you yourself being an immigrant woman um, searching for the tools to overcome what, what you described as a rough time in your life? Yeah, so I went through a bad patch where you know I felt I find I found myself by myself because I don't have any family here, no you know distant relative, nobody. Mm-hmm. So um, I you know I went to different places and different um, energetic places where I thought that I will find what I was needed but nothing was giving me or keeping me or pulling me away from the depression. And it was very intense. So I was seeing a therapist back then. And I remember she saying, you need to maybe do something different, right? So search for uh, something that can quiet your mind. So, and I always was curious about yoga and meditation and all these I call it technologies right all this right. because back in Peru um, growing up I have seen people doing yoga I have seen people using this uh, wisdom in different ways but using mm-hmm. them so it was not completely new um, however, right, the way that um, yoga was presented to me when I went to look for it here in the States, um, it was a little different than what I have seen in Peru. Right. And my first experience was magical, like many people can describe it. And then I little by little, I decided that I wanted to get more involved into it. I took the courage to sign up for a yoga class in a yoga studio, right? Because that's mm-hmm. what normal people you know, do. Um, right. And, and that was your first class? Was in the yoga studio? No, my first oh. class was not in a yoga studio. Was in a in a gym, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And like many, but you know, the teacher was very masterful in the way that she delivered her class. It really got me hooked. Mm-hmm. So. When I found out and when I feel like the, the environment of a gym was not giving me what I was looking for, mm-hmm. I decided to you know, to uh, save my money because yoga classes and yoga studios for a person like me who was mm-hmm. broken in many ways, including financially, <laughs> was, was a luxury. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I had my um, secondhand uh, clothes. Mm. And my second hand that I found from the second second hand store yoga mat, and mm. I went to a yoga studio. And I, I I'm grateful that I live in a place back in the days. I live in the place where you know it was a, a little bit upscale. Mm-hmm. Uh, and my first class in a yoga studio was no fun. I got to say it. It was uh, it was kind of like the reality check. Right. Uh, yeah. Well, I, I, I can imagine what was the what was the class like? What what kind of people went there? Were you potentially the only Latin American woman in the class? Oh my god, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I was the, you know, and I have to overcome the fears not only to be in a yoga studio, but also the fears to be the only one that looks different, mm. right? Right. So, um, and I was already feeling like I didn't belong, you know, because my circumstances with my immigration status. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, and, you know, I had to overcome that. 
And the icing on the cake was when I, you know, I went to the front desk. <laughs> I was confused by the cleaning crew. So you were mistaken for a cleaning lady when you were actually there as a student. Yeah, yeah. And it took me a long time to um, bypass that and, and, and make it a positive experience, but I did, I did. Mm. And I remember, uh, again, the yoga teacher uh, who was different than the person or the the, the um, teacher in the in the in the gym mm -hmm. she did a very nice job on you know like going through the sequence and making me feel welcome in my own space uh, after the the rough patch in the front desk mm -hmm. i remember towards the end and for for those of you who are into yoga is it was towards the you know reflection and shavasana um, I remember that something like really burned inside and say, you know, one day mm -hmm. I will have a place like this that will welcome people like me and people who does not necessarily feel um, part of. And something, you know, a seed was let down that day, mm -hmm. I feel like. And years later, you know, things move in many different directions. And years later, I was, I had my own yoga studios. <laughs> but yes, and it lit that fire in you that if you hadn't gone through that, I don't know, a struggle at the beginning, that um, feeling of not belonging, you would have not realized the problem. Because as we walk through the world, I mean, you know, you you know you're Latin American, you know you come from another country or your parents come from another country, but you don't feel other until someone reminds you that you're different, right? <laughs> and uh, Yeah, and I was reminded very much so that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I've also been mistaken for a cleaning crew or um, the lady that gets the coffee, so I, I get it. <laughs> and I was born here, so, you know, it. It's it's a revelation, and I think it's uh, what a lot of people, not only yoga practitioners, but I think the industry as a whole does. It, I think they're doing a better job now of maybe asking the questions, but historically, I don't think it's something that was even considered. For instance, you Google yoga, and it's like women in their 40s, mostly white, relaxing, like with some stones or by a beach somewhere, you know? <laughs> We're not, <laughs> like you're not seeing yourself in these images. Um, and you know what? What is the issue with that? I feel like that for many years, I was not, um, I kind of denied my own skin because I wanted it to fit in into a place where I was not represented. So I have to, for many ways, in many, in many ways, you know, when you come to this, um, when you got to, it's like when you go, I mean, I, I have taught from family, when you go to somebody else's house, you mm -hmm. respect the house, right? Mm -hmm. And you eat the food that they gave you and you follow the order of the house. So for me, when I moved to the States, this was my house. So I have mm -hmm. to follow rules and I have to go with the people, right? And the culture. Mm -hmm. So which I think is, is important. However, um, the downside to that is that for many, many years, I deny my own skin. I deny my own culture, my own traditions, not because I wouldn't, uh, I, because I feel like posing traditions in a place like, you know, it's not also the right thing to do, but, you mm -hmm. know, to, to find the common ground. So right. I was not... Um, it took me years to get to the place where I can actually feel on balance to blend both things. The you know the the American culture, which you know, in the American country, which you know for me this is my home. Mm -hmm. I've been here for many many years, <laughs> right? So this is what I grew. I really grew up. Mm -hmm. yeah. And and then there's the idea of 
I've been thinking a lot coming to terms with my own Latin Americanness, um, being born here in this country. But I think a lot, I used to deny um, my own race and culture in order to not only fit in, but to be able to thrive in this environment. Um, and I've been thinking a lot of, in yoga terms, like if my spirit was born into this body, this Latin American body, then this body has something to teach me. Right. So I, I can't deny this, you know, and and I think in a lot of yoga philosophy, as it's taught here in the West, it um, it tends to whitewash everything so that, oh, we are all the same because we are all spirit. And, and yes and no, there's the duality of yes, we are all spirit. And also we are born into these very different looking bodies in a world that treats different bodies differently. Yeah, and I, you know, and I also have to say that I agree with you that the industry is changing, you know, many things to to rescue about what happened in 2020 when the world came, you know, we crashed because of COVID. (laughs) And and I think it had opened the opportunity to to showcase different bodies doing things mm-hmm. that we normally don't see them doing right right so yeah i gotta recognize that as well that is you know the industry is changing for good i hope and then, mm-hmm. then i'm I, i'm the kind of person who likes to see the glass how do you say that the glass oh. yes <laughs> <laughs> but i don't i also recognize mm-hmm. there's a lot to work I, there's a lot of work to do there and what is what is what is that work that's left? You know, like I see some change, but I also see, I don't know if resistance, but I see some non-change, you know, that's not happening. What would you most like to see in the yoga industry as a whole changing? Whew, that's a, that's a tricky and very big question. Right? <laughs> we can piecemeal it. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think it's, um, not only for the yoga industry, I think in the wellness industry, mm-hmm. there's a lot to there's a lot of work to be done. There is people who is doing it right. So representation for sure is the bigger the bigger the, the, the big this puzzle. Um, and I mean, giving the place or giving the opportunity to people that don't necessarily have had the chance to uh, showcase mm-hmm. their abilities and their knowledge um, as a, not only as a yoga practitioner, but as a, as a meditation, as meditation and mindfulness um, mentors mm-hmm. and other kinds of wellness um, leaders or teachers. Mm-hmm. I think that's important. And to value, I, if, I, if I would have one thing to choose for a moment, all the thing, all the mm-hmm. points that we can start, you know, going and moving forward. I would say to value the opinion and the experience of people that does not look what the industry is or have pushed for them to feel the experts are. Right. Or, you know, so it's so sad. And, and I say this in a personal, from a personal experience, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, you, I have to work twice harder for my voice to be heard, mm-hmm. right? Because I speak funny, I communicate funny, but that doesn't mean that I don't know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. I've been doing this work for a long time, so mm-hmm. you know, like that. That is kind of like if I would say what thing we can work on is like take away the image of the person that is in front of you and just listen what they have to say as equal to others because i think what's happening now even though the the conversation is opening up to include people of color and people from other countries i think there's still at least i feel as like there's an idea of tokenship like you're the you're the Latin American in the room, and then we have the black woman, and then we have you know the Indian man. You know, so instead of it being, I don't know, it feels like there's not the real 
uh, desire and also um, even playing fields to say that all of our experiences are equal to yeah. each other to this bigger idea. It's true. And, you know, you, you mentioned in a great point about talking, tokenizing people, right? And for almost 20 years, I have been tokenized. And back in, you know, talking about six or seven, maybe 10 years ago, it hurt. It really hurt. But at the same time, I knew that somebody had to be there. You know, somebody, yeah. somebody who speak funny had to be there. So, oh, well, it, it had to be me. I take it. I, you know, I, I take it. I prepare for it. And, you know, that's kind of like the, 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 the way the people that have a little bit of, you know, their voice are being heard mm -hmm. uh, have to take their way on. And it's, but I feel at the same time that you know, things are moving. Yeah. Things are changing. So talk, like, if you would have asked me again, if we would have this conversation seven years ago, I'd be like, okay, whatever, let's do it. I know, you know, you need a brown body there. <laughs> but nowadays it's like, hold on, momentito, un ratito, mm -hmm. you know? I am a brown body, but I also have knowledge. Right. So you will have to treat me in the same way and value my expertise. Right. Because now it's like, a, you know, something have broken open mm -hmm. so and and there is that's it that is good for us right yeah. good for us um and for other for the organizations that are willing to do this kind of work because i don't think it's an easy work for them either right no um i praise them because it's a, it's, it's a hard job no i'm i'm grateful that they've started the conversation um because Obviously, I wouldn't have thought we'd be having this conversation or been in the groups that we've been in uh, even five years ago, I don't think. Um, no, and it was hard to be, a, you know, as a, as a business owner, you know, it was tough. It was a tough, one of the toughest jobs I ever had in my life. It was being a business, a yoga studio business owner. Uh, yeah. I did not only have to work with the all the the things that I had to do to maintain a you know a, a, a well maintained studio and stuff like that, mm -hmm. and having teachers working for me and for the community, but it also was the struggle to be you know somebody who does not feel it belongs, mm -hmm. and people who that you know it was so hard to find somebody who I can relate to. Right. But here you are and you did it. God bless you. Um, I, I, when, I, when, I, when I speak to people as yourself and other practitioners that we've had on the podcast, I, I'm grateful for the work because there has to be someone out in front. Like when they open the door an inch, you're going to put your foot in and Oh, yeah. through, and then the rest can come, right? So it's just all that work, and I have to think of any work we do. We're we're doing it for for all of us. And I took that that job very responsibly as well, right? Because I knew, I knew when I when I went through the um to my to my dream, I'll become a, a yoga practitioner. No, a yoga practitioner, yes, and, and a yoga teacher, and then an educator. Mm -hmm. and pursue all this you know high education in yoga i knew that it's not going to be easy and i knew that the room is not going to be uh, in the room it's not going to be people that looks and feels and have the same appreciation for the practice um with my own cultural experience mm -hmm. um, so but yes when i took the chance when I, the chance and the opportunity was presented for me to be you know to, for my voice to be heard I put my foot and I put, did not move because I knew, I knew that eventually this, what is happening in 2021 will happen. And more people like, you know, like yourself and me um, will come after us. So it's, it's, a, it's a huge responsibility. It was a huge responsibility then. And, I, and it's still a very much responsibility for us, you know, as, as leaders, as you mentioned. 
Absolutely. And I think we should speak to, you mentioned our, our culture. If we could speak, because there's the yoga culture um, as it's been traditionally taught. And then there's the culture we bring with us, right? And me, myself, when I first started yoga, I was, you know, all in. Let's, let's do the whole yoga thing, uh, learn all the yogic archetypes and the, the whole traditional system. And then I went through, I don't know, it was a, there's always a fight with yoga. It's like a relationship, right? You're constantly like embattled with this thing. And I thought, where, where is my culture in this, right? I mean, this isn't my culture. I am not from India, you know, right. I can, I can understand it. I can appreciate it. I can use it with respect, but do I feel it in my gut that this is mine? And then how do we bring our culture into us an established system like this or any wellness system? Yeah, um, that's a beautiful question. In or a beautiful thought process, it was it was it was not easy for me too, by the way. Uh, and I think we all go through our you know yoga path in in, in many different ways. Um, what I found out was that I was incorporating some of the things that I brought in, right? And, and to be more precise, mm-hmm. some of the, uh, the teachings from my abuelita, my grandmothers, right? That after years of education and you know investigation i'm like oh my goodness this is exactly what you know yoga philosophy is all about right <laughs> it, uh so I, I feel like how did i blend it or how we blend what we bring in culturally mm-hmm. we bring into these practices is important because that's the way that we are able to become our own creators the creators mm-hmm. of our own path. Um, so I recently uh, started the realization that, well, first of all, I needed to feel safe on my body. And this is mm-hmm. why I think it's important we talk about this, right? So mm-hmm. if we're talking about, if we would have had this conversation 15 years ago, I was mm-hmm. like you, probably many, where, you know, like I was so into into the whole culture of the yoga culture that is exposed here. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, you broke up a second. Okay, there you go. <laughs> so I was, uh, what I was saying is that back, you know, 15 years ago, I was all in, in, in the whole um, yoga idea that is brought in into this part of the world mm-hmm. um, and I'm very grateful that I was you know I wanted to keep continue to grow in the practice because it's through it that I find a safer space on my body right mm-hmm. I was able to find myself a not only peace of mind but peace of my heart peace of my body and I was able to actually put my my back together right so i was right. so it was then that i was ready to kind of like do the blend between what i brought in from mm-hmm. my peruvian roots and my shamanic roots with the um engineering of western mm-hmm. um technology and or eastern technology i should mm-hmm. say so it, it, I think it's, it, 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 it become a, like a magical path. Right. And I, 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 like I said, recently I decided that I want to go into that direction. The reason behind it is because a lot of people don't have, I mean, I wouldn't say they don't have, but it's like, it took me almost 15 years to get here. Mm-hmm. So when I, if I can put it all together and work it in a way for my students and my clients to actually acknowledge that from the beginning right you i'm seeing incredible results on that with clients and i think it's fundamentally important because we are um when you work with someone 
there has to be an acknowledgement of that person's belief system. And at least when I was starting out in yoga, I don't, I don't think I was offered that grace. You know, it was kind of like, this is yoga and this is what we believe. But I think you can help a person heal so much better when you're able to not only understand them, but empathize with them and speak to their, their belief system. Yeah, definitely. You know, here comes the twist of yoga and, and the cultural component of the teaching in itself, right? Mm -hmm. So I appreciate the knowledge of teachers from this part of the world, but then when they do the crossover to the Hispanic community, they like copy and paste what they teach mm -hmm. here there. Right. And that doesn't, it, it, it's not sustainable. Mm -hmm. It's not sustainable. There is no deeper roots. However, when you're able to blend it to the roots of these communities, mm -hmm. it, it, the, the change, the healing, and so on is sustainable. People can actually st stick with it for many, many years to come. And also to acknowledge that each community and each country and each village is different and have their own set of belief systems. Because I think there we can also misstep and be like, oh, now we're going to do yoga for a Latin American community and we're going to speak in Spanish and we're going to say these things and we're going to do other, and it doesn't work because we're not homogenous, yes. right? There's belief systems in your country that wouldn't necessarily um, be the same for my family and vice versa. Exactly, exactly. So it's not like, you know, like trying to put us all together and it's like, okay, this is all Hispanic people. It's like, yeah. <laughs> We speak the same language, and there's different now. There's different uh, um, names where we can they put us, you know. And in, in, I appreciate all of them, but to understand that we're different, you know, we have we are different. Our roots of culture are different, and our struggles as society are also different. Right, and that's important to note. Um, so you do work with immigrant communities. Are they as heterogeneous as I imagine them to be? Are they people from all over um, Latin America or are they primarily from certain areas? Well, because of the area that I am, I'm in the DC area, there is a huge population uh, of Central American uh, and Peruvians and yeah, so it's very different and yet, here comes the, you know, the, the, the caveat of all this, right? Like when I do my work as a yoga therapist with an immigrant, right? Or a person that is dealing with um situation like I was years ago, I, I have to treat them so differently because their belief, again, their roots and their belief systems are, they're, they're Hispanic, but they're not the same. Mm -hmm. they're not the same we do we, but it's beautiful because once when i get to when i get to get into the the common ground mm -hmm. that put us in the same in the same level as oh we are you know we're hispanic mm -hmm. uh, although we don't we, i you know i'm not from central america i'm, I'm from south america there is something that unites us mm -hmm. and it's beautiful because like the transformation the transformation the process in itself it turns so um how can i say this it is very it's unique in many ways but at the same time is it's like if my brother my sister is going through it and they are they might then they're not blood related mm -hmm. right but they are right what, what do you feel are these um, unifying belief systems across um, all Latin America and the Caribbean? Well, uh, in the Caribbean, yeah. <laughs> don't forget about the Caribbean, right? Uh, we're friends from yeah, in the Caribbean. Um, once we, and, and you know, I'm not an authority to, to talk about that, but I only can talk from my experience. No, from your experience. Yeah, from my experience, I do believe we we come together on the value of the elements and the value of earth and the value of you know the the natural resources and 
because that's how we've been taught back in, you know, like mm-hmm. you're a abuelita, you're, you know, your auntie, your mama, or even your papa, they tell you, you know, you have to take mm-hmm. care of plants or you have to work in the land or you, you know, so, mm-hmm. or if you, uh, that's something that goes to me, it's very dearly to me, it's like, you know, I have a connection with the water, right? With, with right. the ocean, because I grew up in closer to the ocean, but it's more than a connection. It's like the the devotion that there is divine in those elements. So I have seen that 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 kind of is like the common ground. So when we we are able to bypass because there's many many belief systems that are underneath that, mm-hmm. right? Each one of us carry and inform through years of experiences and terror and, and, and um, so the was I? On colonialization. Well, I didn't want to say it, but yeah. <laughs> I did. Yeah. It's my fault. Yeah. But it's true, you know? So uh, once we are able to unpack all that, we come into in terms where like, oh, what is your, what is your um, relationship with nature? And it's boom, something happened. They... I said, like me, right? So it's like, I know that I am part of nature. I am, I'm living in the life of the living. Right. But I don't necessarily feel the difference. But to, to get there, to get there, it took me years, right? Right. Years. And, and when you said that, I got goosebumps. Because I did, first of all, I didn't expect you to say it. It was surprising. And then it was so true that I was like, yeah, that's it. It's the somatic experience of earth developed over generations and generations and generations. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, talking about different ways to see that, right? For mm-hmm. us, uh, from us, people from Peru, and I carry lineage of the Incas, right? So mm-hmm. we see the, you know, life in a different way, right? So mm-hmm. we, but if you talk, if I talk to somebody from Central America, they, it's pretty much the same. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's very unique. They have their own rituals, their own things to do. But at the end, is they're like I say, they're my brothers and my sisters. And I think you're speaking to the somatic experience because although I'm not from Central or South America, I don't know that I have any indigenous roots. I can connect to the somatic experience of working the land and working with your hands, um, whether that's cooking in the kitchen with your grandma or you know developing or making a tea or serving your neighbors um things from your garden or flowers whatever like that physical and felt experience of earth definitely so in in nowadays i use a somatic uh, healing more than yoga have have given me so much so many tools but through the years, I developed this, you know, th- this passion about movement. And it's more than anything, is like what you mentioned, right? So it's working and feeling, mm-hmm. feeling what is inside through your body. Yeah. Uh, however, there's something important to mention that to get there, right, we have to feel safe in our bodies. And sometimes we don't. So is that in itself is a process, right? But yes, feeling uh, or working with our hands, working with our bodies. That's, you know, that's yoga. Mm-hmm. However, we do, we, I'm not going to call it yoga because I don't want to be in a, in a proper own, uh, or on, uh, cultural appropriation, but mm-hmm. we do our own. And I say, when I say we, not people from, from Peru, people right. from the mountain, from the mountains and the Andes, we do our own way to canalize energy through the body. This is what we dance, the way that we dance. And we connect to the, you know, to the, to, to, uh, to the mountains and we connect to the ocean and we connect to the land and we connect to the fire. So it, it is, the beauty of it is, it's like um, these ancient traditions and these ancient technologies, because this is not because it's, they're, all, they're all, they're updated. Right. For the contrary, right, is keep us that in our modern society there is space for it and people is moving in that direction mm-hmm. people 
in that direction. So. I think the commonality there is the belief that our body is our home and our earth is our home. Yeah, that sounds very nice, but you know, in reality, that does no, know. not in reality. But I feel like that's where I, that's where we're trying to get to, or maybe on a subconscious level. I think that's what, um, as practitioners, we could speak to people to yeah to that desire to be home in their body and to feel home in the world, home and safe and safe, safe. I think is important. And you know, when I say you know. It sounds very nice and sound in Spanish, suena bonito, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, ah, oh, yeah, you're, you know, the the earth is your is, is your home. Like, no, somebody yeah. hundred years ago, many many hundred years ago, took my land away right. from me, and you know, and my body have been stolen, and my skin has been stolen many many years ago, and mm -hmm. and nowadays. It keeps getting stolen because, you know, the media keep imposing me that my color, my body, my ways to do things are not what society wants. Yeah. So get there. To get yeah. there, I think, you know, to get there, um, I think we are we are in a, in, a, in a good direction. Education is the key, certainly. Mm -hmm. And empowerment. Empowerment to our roots. But yes, because this um, feeling of disassociation when we don't feel connected to our body or connected to this earth it's a trauma response um mm -hmm. and i believe um part of your work is using yoga therapy or these somatic techniques um to help people overcome and recover from trauma um can yeah. you speak to that how that how that yeah. works it's a beautiful work that is a beautiful work in Again, I, and, and this is something that I do in a very individual um, setting, right? Um, but I normally work with people nowadays. Mm -hmm. uh, my, my work is based on people who are struggling with um, the intimidating uh, struggles of immigration. And it's because I, you know, in a way I can relate to that and they can relate to me, right? So mm -hmm. there is a connection right there. And I use the somatic experience of somatic movements, everything that is related to the movement of the body mm -hmm. for them to feel safe in their body, for them to, to feel safe, to feel how they feel. Mm -hmm. um, and like I said before, it's, it's a beautiful work and, and at the same time, it keeps showing me that ancients, ancient traditions, mm -hmm. ancient knowledge is uh, is valid, is contemporary, mm -hmm. uh, and is is um, how can I say this? Is people can actually is measurable. Mm -hmm. The results can be measured, right? So it's not like a, it's not a placebo effect, and it's gonna make you feel in your head, and and you know, <laughs> no, you see results. That's yeah. something that is important for people to know that once you start into this path, you will see that. Of course, it's, it it requires a lot of work, and you have to want to go through it. But once you make the once you make peace with that, the results are incredible. They are. Can you, um, I guess, take us through because some people might not understand what the somatic um, techniques may be or what you do. Can you maybe give an example, uh, maybe a specific example of a person you worked with without mentioning their name, um, uh, how you took them through um, this experience? So I have a Peruvian woman. And my, uh, she's one of my clients. And because of the area that I am, there is, you know, people who have um, high-end um, positions in different organizations. And this person is a very, one of her, um, she, she, she have a lot, a, a big responsibility in her company. Let's put it this way, okay. right? So um, she, she came to me because she's a struggle. She doesn't have necessarily um, struggles with immigration, but she has a lot of stuff coming out from childhood, mm -hmm. right? So 
what we decide, um, because you know, in my sessions and in yoga therapy, what we do is I don't I don't tell what they give me the answer. You know, I just take notes and I just mm-hmm. guide right but the decision is optimal to the to the the client or the or the or the student so we came into the realization that she needed it to connect to her body and she didn't know how to connect through it because for many years she was you know she was put on this black suit hmm. so tied up hair has to be incredible tight she was tied up from the in from the outside in to the inside. So would you say she was like stepping into a role, not necessarily stepping into her body, but stepping into this position? Right. Yeah. So um, what we were able to do is that through not only somatic techniques, but, you know, like breathing, a little bit of yoga and movement, she Mm -hmm. was able to literally during the session start dancing. And when she remembered how free she felt when she was a little girl mm-hmm. in dancing things something happened something broke open so it's stuff like that right and then mm-hmm. what i and you know what i normally do is depending of if the relationship that i have with a uh, with a client or the student is I use a lot of music as well and a lot of sound, sound that it can remember or can, you know, can trigger good memories, good, good bodily sensations. Mm-hmm. And for that session, I put um, music that is very dear to our hearts in, in a Peruvian culture. Mm-hmm. And she was not only present through her body, but her whole senses, including, you know, through, through his uh, hearing was able to you know to connect and to actually found out herself when she was you know a, a little girl so it was where it was it's something like that stuff like that yeah no that makes sense it because it, it it simplifies it it doesn't make it so woo out here abstract it um they're they're actual tools that we all have at our disposal but we might need someone like you to be able to first help us identify that there's a trauma um, if we're not there already. And secondly, to help guide this experience of coming back into our body and, and remember, really remembering who we are. That's the key. And this is, you know, and, and that's, this is something that is, is important to me as practitioner and as a, as a yoga therapist is, uh, and a practitioner in, in, in of other lineages is that I don't give the, I don't give the, the, the prescription, right? Mm-hmm. We work together. It's like we co-create. I'm only, I'm only the guide or the person that take notes and you know and right. give. Hey, this is what I took notes. This is what I have used, and this is what my work, right? Mm-hmm. And here comes the the aspect of me blending things because it, it, and I was able to blend some of the the teachings and some of the concepts of yoga philosophy with what I learned from my grandma and my abuelitas. Right. What it says, just dance it all. Mm-hmm. If you feel tied up and if you cannot breathe, just dance it all. And, <laughs> if, and if, you know, if you want to put a little bit more extra things, just dance it to the water, dance it to the fire, dance it to the mountains, dance it to the, to the elements. Here comes mm-hmm. you know, I was able to, in that particular session, I was able to blend that up. And of course, if you put that in a, in a, in a context of like yoga philosophy, I probably would be off of it. Right. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> right. right. What are you doing? Um, but here comes the, the essence of using these technologies blended with my cultural experience and the people's experience in cultural um backgrounds that my clients have and it takes courage i believe on both ends because speaking as a a practitioner usually a client would come in or a student and they would want you to tell them exactly what to do so it takes some courage and some restraint to not just give them the textbook here do this this and that and you'll be a new person by the end of the session and then it takes a great amount of courage on the other end to be able to trust you enough to 
to trust themselves, right? To go on this journey for themselves. Yeah. Well, this was not the first session with this person, mm. right? So we have a history together. And like mm. I say, we kind of unpacked a lot of things before we got there. And mm -hmm. when I found the, the common ground, right? And the common ground was for us the cultural common ground. This mm. is like, okay, I think this this could work. And it's not... It's not as unrelated to the yoga philosophy. It is related in many ways. Mm -hmm. I just put my twist of the Peruvian shamanic things and it worked. Right. It's just a different flavor. I forget what yogi, because I'm terrible at quotes, but there was a yogi that said, um, it's religions are just different flavors of the same thing. We could say yoga can be just different flavors of the same truth. Yeah, I like that. It's, and I think it makes total sense. Yeah. Um, so what do you think is next <laughs> for us Ooh. Latin American uh, wellness healers and leaders? I think we have a huge responsibility for all of us who have, you know, this um, exposure. It's a huge responsibility to keep engaging and uh, educating people on our ways to do things not imposing because i don't think that's uh, you have to come from that from that point mm -hmm. but it's more like you know this is who we are and people are honestly in south and, and i keep talking about south america but i'm not i don't want to forget about you know central america and the caribe is um people they're waking they are awaking right so they know what is when somebody goes to these places and um, trying to impose something, yeah, right. So they 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 feel that, and and I think it's awesome, you know. So what is next? Education. Keep educating our youth and our youngers to don't let them forget the connection that we have with the divine whatever it is mm -hmm. it is what it is right and i think um 2020 was in a year that we're never gonna forget living in for me <laughs> 2021 and forward i think is it, 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 it will be times where we as society come back to simplicity simplicity but it's not under um like we go maybe simplicity is not the right word or, um, that i want to use we come back to the things that are not too complicated mm -hmm. so and us as you know healers and teachers and mentors have the, the responsibility to hold the space for these for those who don't have necessarily the abilities, or not what mm. I said, abilities, then um, the knowledge and the skills, because yeah. it's about remembering. We all have that true nature, right? We all have, in Buddhism, we call it the Buddha nature, right? So we all have Christ nature. We all have um, the divine in ourselves. Mm. But for many different reasons, it means either it's stolen from us or we forgot about it. Mm. So think the years to come we go we're gonna go we are tempted to go in that direction i feel like i think so too and i'd like to highlight um the idea of holding space i think it's undervalued i think it takes tremendous um energy for a person whether it's a a wellness practitioner or just being a human being on the planet to be able to hold space for someone to be able to allow a person to be seen and to share their experience and to just be in the world. Uh, it takes it takes practice, it takes commitment, it takes um, courage because it's not easy to be there for people. You know, the, going back to the experience I have with these women, right? I mean, I have to hold the space for her, and this is what was all virtually. Right? So I wasn't there for her to give her a hug. Not, not like are we supposed to give hugs and so on, but yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I, you know, I have to be able to provide this safe space through the virtual world 
so she can get into this somatic experience. I think we're learning as as society how to do the space virtually, but when everything comes to normal or the new normal, mm-hmm. um, I think it, it will be incredible um, beneficial for us to move forward as society to learn the skills of how to hold the space for others yeah. and to hold the space for and how if I can give a, a, a tip or a get a, a giveaway. Mm-hmm. I would say, learn to hold the space with a person that you don't necessarily agree on with or you don't like. <laughs> yeah. It's in, in your family, right? So if somebody's mm-hmm. in your family you don't necessarily agree with, how are you going to hold the space for this person? It's, it's, it's a tough job. Um, but the curiosity comes where, like, or a tip will be, What's your story? Just mm-hmm. be the expectator of like, what is really your story? Right. Without putting our self into their um, life story. Just be there. Right. It's, it's not an easy job for sure. It's, and I, it's like being the observer, right? In yoga and meditation, we speak to being able to sit as the observer to your own mental chemistry. I think what you're saying is that the more we're able to do that, we can do that for others as well. It's to be able to sit outside of the experience without um, giving into the triggers, um, without giving into disassociation, and to just be able to be there. Definitely. I think, you know, the first, the first person or the first entity that you want to be or that you want to hold the space for is yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's like you 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 want to become this person who uh, is helping others. It's like make sure that you help yourself first. Yeah. <laughs> and before we go, how what is something someone could do to be able to get into that space um, every day or every week? Um, to to hold the space for myself, what mm-hmm. I do in. I normally in the mornings when I wake up, it's like I, I normally I give thanks, right, to whatever the divine is. I give thanks to that. I've been very, I use gratitude for sure. And then um, before I do anything else, I make sure that I'm in my body. And there are different ways that you can do that. You know, there are days that I feel like I think I'm going to breathe deeply, you know, for two minutes. Mm-hmm. Or there are other days where I need to hear stuff, right? Mm-hmm. So depending on in how do you know yourself, right? So it's either if you're in your bed and you, um, and again, need to come back to your body, you can hear something, the noise, being aware of noise, mm-hmm. or being aware of your breath. Um, and something very simple, too, is, you know, tapping yourself. Like, okay, I'm here. I wake up. I give thanks. I'm in my body, I feel my fingers, you know, my fingers are moving, my toes are moving, my arms are moving, I'm, you know, I'm holding mm-hmm. myself and good to go. Yeah, I think, and it's, I'm really into tapping now too, but I think it, um, it doesn't have to be anything extreme. I think in the Western world, we think we're going to have to like get up and like run 20 miles or do a CrossFit class or something like that, or do some intense transcendental meditation. But getting into your body could be the hardest and the simplest thing. It's the hardest because sometimes we don't want to be here. And it's the easiest because the things we actually need to do aren't that physically trying. And this is what I say that, you know, years to years coming on, people are going to go through that because mm-hmm. we have been taught to do this dra- drastically things. I'm like, just go back to the simplicity. Go back to your breath. Notice of your notice sound and feel your body. Right. Well, I thank you for your wisdom, and I know we could talk so much more about this, and I want to. So maybe you could come back on another podcast episode, and we'll do something else. Um, but I'm really grateful to have you here, and I would love for others to be able to find you. So I'm. We've listed it in our crowdcast that's available to our Patreon members at Patreon dot com forward slash um wild wonder 
and we have your website, we have your Instagram and your Facebook there. And if you're watching us on YouTube, it'll be on the show notes. If you're listening to the podcast, it'll be in the show notes there as well. Um, thank you so much. I can't wait to talk to you again. Adios. Adios. Many <laughs> Stay safe. Stay safe. Bye.